Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Football podcast brought to you by Fake Teams. I am your humble host, Pete Rogers, joined as always by Just Clark Barnes and Mr. Class Jordan Smith. Guys, uh, how are you on this, our 50th episode? What up? 50, the silver anniversary. The silver anniversary. Um, I'm sorry I didn't buy you guys all a little piece of silver to commemorate this momentous occasion. I, I hope you'll accept my apology. That's all right. We are just too excited for the draft, so not much to be excited for otherwise at this point. It is pretty crazy. I apologize, and I have no idea if this is going to carry over, but my voice, my throat is a little a little hurt, a little injured. Um, I was at the Celtics game last night and spent much, much of my time yelling and screaming um, as they beat Jordan's Milwaukee Bucks because... Oh. Were yeah, you the one running the shot clock at the in that game? Oh, or? I was. <laughs> I snuck up there and I was like, you know what? Al Horford needs an extra five seconds to shoot this ball. I saw you were under the hoop. Were you on the uh, the side that the Rozier Bledsoe? Yeah, I was. Happened? It was awesome. That is great. The stadium erupts and like everyone just kind of starts swarming in one area. And we're all like, wait, what? What's happening? And then the replay showed what happened. And I was like, oh, this is so beautiful. The, the crowd wants this fight to happen so much, uh, but it did not. But that's okay. Yeah, <laughs> it got pretty close. Marcus uh, Smart wasn't out there, was he? He would have definitely. He would have. He would have thrown fisticuffs <laughs> if uh, if he was out on the floor. I don't think he was though. A uh, Drew Bledsoe, uh, not a Drew Bledsoe. Drew Bledsoe, <laughs> a true Boston legend. <laughs> An Eric Bledsoe, Marcus Smart fight. I feel like would actually be pretty. Well, I think Marcus Smart would beat him, but size wise, I feel like they're both built similarly. Uh, whereas Terry Rozier is not built like Eric Bledsoe or Marcus Smart. I hate to say, Terry. Sorry, Terry. But enough uh, enough basketball talk. We're not a basketball podcast. Like Jordan alluded to, the NFL draft is literally tomorrow, which when you guys are listening to this, since it comes out actually on Thursday, it's literally today when you listen to it. It will still be tomorrow, tomorrow also. Second and third rounds are important. Oh, that's true. Hey, it is a multi-day process. And so, yeah, I guess Clark is also correct. We're both right, Clark. We're both winners in our books. Happy Um, to win on a technicality. (laughs) So before we're going to, in order to celebrate and fully get you prepared for the NFL draft, we're going to do some NFL draft beer bets, um, of course. But before we get into that, uh, we have a few bulletins in the news. Um, So let us turn right now to said news. Uh, first bulletin is news that came out basically today slash last night, um, if I'm if memory serves me correctly, that Gronk, uh, after much debate over this offseason, has 
after conferring with the Patriots and Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft, uh, has decided that he is not retiring uh, and will return to the sport of football uh, to this year. So as a Patriots fan, I am very happy. Cheers. Um, and so here's to a, a full season of, of the Gronk. Yeah, as a fan of just having good NFL tight ends in the league, I, I'm here for it. I'm glad he's sticking around for a, maybe hopefully a couple more years. Yeah, that'll be I'm the just next excited that he got the bonus from Monster to drum up a little pub for their <laughs> event by fooling everyone into writing stories about will Gronk retire? Question mark. I'm looking at USPN. Well, ESPN, you know, anytime that anytime the Patriots do a, anything that could possibly betray them as negative, ESPN's like, what? Let's now this is our news cycle. We got to spin this in 700 different ways. Um, yeah, to another year of taking uh, Gronk late in the first and early in the second and celebrating wildly while spilling Lone Star on myself. Very excited. <laughs> <laughs> do you like how long do you think Gronk's? Gronk's flirtation with retirement is going to last. Is it, is this just a one-off or do you think this is now going to become a yearly thing for the next like three to four years where every off season Gronk's going to be like, well, maybe I will. If the injuries continue to pile up, I can see it being a repetitive thing where he's just contemplating retiring over and over. Cause I know he probably wants to do other things. Like he's, he has a lot of other interests. He's too charismatic. He's got, a horse named Gronk to take care of now. And I just feel like at some point he's going to want to quit while he's still somewhat young. So he can enjoy that money that he's stashing away. Now that's the story of the week. You know, you've made it when you own a horse named after you that gets into Twitter. That's pretty, that's a pretty big, bold move is to name a horse that you own after yourself normally. And especially since horses normally have very weird names, uh, I feel like it wasn't even like he, what he should have done is he should have named his horse a Gronking to remember after that delightful, uh, uh, romantic novel written about, uh, you know, Gronk. Yeah. And knowing that horses kind of, at least comedically always have that tragic demise of ending up in the Elmer's glue bottle. Like my nieces got a bunch of chickens and they named the chickens after people in the family and i was like oh y'all live out in the country where there's coyotes and hawks like don't name one after me it's gonna be sad but no they all died they didn't care at all they're all dead they're all dead yeah it'll be it'll be that'll be espn's new headline gronk put down after breaks his leg and then it'll say that gronk the horse is put down after it breaks his leg but everyone will think get those clicks it's gonna get them clicks and we know that's what we're all about uh moving on in the news the Baltimore Ravens continue to try to bolster their receiving core uh, by signing. They put they signed Willie Sneed to a offer sheet, and the Saints, uh, after adding Cameron Meredith, seemingly refused to match it. And so now Willie Sneed is a wide receiver for Baltimore Ravens. So I guess, I guess now you can say that. I mean, Clark, how do you feel about the receiving core now that they have? It's John Brown, Michael Crabtree, Willie Sneed. Is that? good are there are the ravens now kind of coming to maybe league average at receiver or are they still pretty uh pretty shitty at the position i think they've gotten better at the position it's just it would have been hard for them to not get better at the position in the offseason and i liked willie sneed two years ago last year he seemed to be on the outs with the saints coaches but also didn't look that great when he got in there i think crabtree and john brown are two solid upgrades and willie sneed is a Willie Snead got paid. Good for him. But I think he's a complete 
coin flip of you looked really good one year and mm-hmm. you looked really bad one year after coming into the league as an undrafted free agent. So they couldn't have gotten any worse, but I'm not going to feel comfortable drafting any Ravens receivers this year. So then the next question, which I'll bounce to Jordan, is in that same vein, would you rather draft any of those receivers in fantasy or any of these rookie receivers despite wherever they go? <sighs> rookie receivers tend to have a little bit of a learning curve initially, unless you're Odell Beckham or just like a flat out stud. The only one I can see contributing right away is Calvin Ridley, just because he's a expert level route runner. Um Yes, by default, I'd rather take a Ravens receiver just because they're pro football players already. And but that hesitation should tell you all that you really <laughs> need to know. It's I, they're, they, they haven't really done a lot to uh, put them in the fantasy good graces. Honestly, I try to avoid Ravens receivers in almost any sort of draft situation. So that's that's just my take on it. I'd rather take Alex Collins over there. It's the receiving core you take a shot on in DFS and then remember why you don't take shots on Ravens receivers. <laughs> yes. You're yeah. like, oh, big arm Joe Flacco. He's going to get them the ball. Then you realize Joe Flacco hasn't gotten anybody the ball in a couple seasons now. He's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. People forget that. He's elite. Guys. He is elite. There was a time where he won the Super Bowl and was the highest paid quarterback in NFL history. So. Crazier things have happened. Good looking guy. He was great in 28 days later, though. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And this is something that we weren't able to touch on last week. And so we'll we'll designate a little more time to it. Uh, So where will Dez go? Because Dez Bryant is still on the market. And in fact, reports came out today that he turned down a multi-year offer from the Ravens. Uh, because he's looking to sign a one-year deal and then try to cash in again uh, in 2019, which, I mean, I guess, good for you, Des, but I don't really know if you're going to be able to do that. Um, so, uh, Jordan, where do you think Des is going to end up? Where's Where's Des's best landing p- spot right now? Oh, best landing spot has got to be a team where he wants to help them win a Super Bowl. Um, he seems like he's still holding a grudge against the Cowboys for whatever reason. So I can honestly see him getting a prove it year deal from Philadelphia. If New York, the Giants have a good amount of money left. Um, honestly, the best place for him to really earn a paycheck is to go to New England and just catch passes for Tom Brady for a year. I think that's pretty dangerous for teams across the league, though. If uh, Des Bryant, who kind of became a an afterthought in Dallas as far as an option once they finally got that running game going, but if, if Des is looking to earn a paycheck, I feel like he's really going to earn that paycheck, and we could be looking at like a 14-touchdown season out of him. I, I have to say that in all of my kind of through my through my whole thought process on this, the team, I agree with you, Jordan, and it's not just because I'm a Patriots homer. The team I keep coming back to is New England, because if you are a veteran player who wants to do a one year prove it deal, get the stats, make a run at a Super Bowl and then cash in in free agency, the the script has already been written. Plenty of players have done that. LeGarrette Blunt has done it. Uh, Chris Long has done it. Uh, and Dion Lewis just did it. I just, I keep coming back to New England. And part of me really likes that. And part of me is a little scared. But I'm, but like a good scared. Like a, like a, ooh, um, I'm scared, but maybe a little aroused. 
It's also a really good place to shed the narrative of a problem child. Like if you just, or if you're able to buy into the Patriot way for a season, then you're, you're helping your case out a little bit more too. Yeah. And I would stay in the same division. I think you have to look at a team that needs wide receiver help and has a head coach that you think could take advantage of his talent. And then every year makes horrible free agent acquisitions and spends way too much money on them committing long-term. And so I think the Dolphins is the perfect fit for a guy like Des. The Dolphins are notorious for just bringing in a big name because they're just like, hey, we need to put butts in seats. And sure, throw up the X in Miami. People will love that. It does look really bad for the past couple of years, but I want to be wrong. Like I like when good players are good, and Des used to be fantastic. So I, I hope he turns it around. I just, it, I just don't think he's going to. Yeah, I don't know if Miami's the place to turn it around, though. <laughs> hey, Devontae Parker is going to be looking for a new deal in Miami, too. So what if they just have a really excellent receiving core for a season? Danny Lamar Jackson. Oh. Chucking it deep. Ooh. Oh, Don't get me started. <laughs> last last Des point. Uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, Clark, your confidence level that we will ever see a top 10 fantasy wide receiver in Des Bryant again. Two. Okay. Jordan. But the odds that we could see a top 20, I, I would give that a six or a seven. Okay. Okay. Jordan, what about you? Yeah, I, I'm on the lower end too. I would say like a three or four. And that's largely not a knock on Des Bryant himself. It's just the fact that there are a ton of good receivers in yeah, the league. Are. And this yep. is a pass happy uh, NFL. So literally anybody can just come out of the woodwork and have a top 10 season. It's just the odds are stacked against him at this point. Yep. Yeah. I would say I would, I would be in that four range, but a point that you brought up Jordan, which I really like is that if Des gets in the right situation and truly is like, I'm on a one year prove it deal and I'm going to f- freaking prove it. I could trust Des to just like be able to pull a miraculous season out of his butt, get a big payday, and then just kind of, you know, call it kind of a, a career. Yeah, another way to look at that and to kind of piggyback off of your question, how surprised would y'all be if Des is top 10? That is, in fact, some might argue a better question than mine. And, you know, no, Mark, like if you if you if you keep going like this, you're going to dethrone me. And I don't know how I feel about that. Oh. Pete, I feel like you're a great leader. I'm happy to be the number three here. Um, I lo- that's a great question, and I I would say if he was if he was a top ten receiver last year, next year in fantasy, yeah, I would I would say like a, I would say a five in in surprise. Like I would be mildly surprised, but it wouldn't shock me just because I think he has a a shit ton of talent, and in the right situation where he's motivated, it could it could all piece together nicely. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked either. Um, if I snagged Des Bryant in like the late second or the early third round, I'd be telling people I knew this was happening all along. So, <laughs> so there you go. And it's, I mean, he's also just lends himself to the great uh, fantasy name of Des Tinney's Child. So it's a winner. It's a winner right there. You guys can uh, take that home, all you <laughs> listeners. Take that and put that in your back pocket when you draft Des in the, in the seventh round. Um, all right. Well, there's the news. Uh, some good Des talk for everyone. Now, it's time with the NFL draft literally less than 24 hours away and let even more or less. So uh, when you listen to this podcast, uh, it is time for us to do as we do before every major event in the NFL. 
Our beer. What is the malted liquor? What gets you drunk or quicker? What comes in bottles or in cans? Beer. Can't get enough of it. Beer. How we really love it. Beer. Makes me think I'm a man. Beer. I could kiss and hug it, beer. but I'd rather chuck it. Beer. Cut my belly out to here. Beer. I could not refuse it. I could really use a beer. 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 And so as such, um, for those who are new... I guess if you still don't know what beer bets are, you need to go back and listen to a bunch of these podcasts, which um, I did yours truly. Let's start with a little housekeeping. You guys, because Pete Rogers freaking winning host of the year. He saw Clark chomping at his heels and he was like, no, I'm going to take one giant step forward in the hosting department. Uh, I went back and I listened to all of the other beer bets that we have uh, recorded in the past. And I've constructed full records uh, total records uh, up until this point. Who owes who beers? Um, if you guys want, if all of our avid listeners out there really, for whatever reason, want to uh, entertain themselves with the bets that have been made, um, I have it all in a Google Doc, which I can post out on on Twitter, um, which will show which shows all of the bets that are made and who took them up. But a uh, little housekeeping. Let's go into it. We have my well. We'll start at the bottom. We'll start at the bottom in terms of percentage. Uh, Jordan. Jordan's at the bottom right now, but that's being said, he's only done two rounds of beer bets with us. So he is five for 13, uh, currently hitting at a, a 385, which great percentage if we're playing baseball, um, but we're not. And currently owes just Clark two beers uh, because the beers that he owes me, I owe him just as many, so we cancel out. Then we have Clark in third place overall in, in the history of all time with uh, second, second place. place. Sorry. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I apologize. Clark in second place uh, with 16 out of 31 uh, as his total records hitting a, a 561. Um, and he owes me two beers. And then yours truly at the top of the list, just a two points ahead of Clark, 18 out of 31. Um, and I owe no one anything because I just get my beers just like the Lannisters uh, debt is repaid. A Pete Rogers always pays his debts. Pete Rogers always pays his debts. Guys, we do a lot of contests over at faketeams.com, and if I have a reputation for anything, it is storming my way to the bottom. <laughs> I'm coming for you, Jordan. I'm coming <laughs> for you now that we've got that wraps, um, and actually, finally, Clark, I do have to say, in doing all of this previous research, I it doesn't count because we cancel out, but I owe you a beer. Because way back in the divisional round, I made the random claim that Case Keenum would be the starting quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings in 2018. And that clearly is not true. So that that bet has finally paid off. So, Clark, you uh, you made the right call taking me up on that one. But before we get into our own individual beer bets, I thought it would be fun to start this one off with a group beer bet slash kind of open-ended question. So that we each give an answer and then, you know, whomever gets it right, that's where beers are owed. So we'll start off with the open-ended question to get things rolling with what team will draft Saquon Barkley? Clark, why don't you start us off? Where do you think Saquon Barkley is going to get drafted? Give us a team. The Colts will draft Saquon Barkley at number six. Boom. Not only, not, and not only are you telling your team, you're telling when. I like it. I like the cojones. Uh, Jordan, how about yourself? Well, if I am a gambling man, I am going to take the Cleveland Browns because they have two shots at taking Saquon Barkley in the top five picks. So I am going with the Browns, going for the odds. Perfect. And I will go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because I just think 
the more that I thought about it, the more I kind of like them making moves to fully solidify that running back position and uh, making their offense more potent than it is. So I like it. First time we're doing it, and we've all got three different teams, which means that we're all rooting for uh, for different things to happen. So now we get into the personal bets, uh, and let us start with – well, I'll start. And my first one is a real simple one. Um no team in this draft will trade up to take Josh Allen. I think some I think he will be taken, but I don't think that a team is going to sacrifice picks in order to move up to get him. I agree with that actually. Mostly it's my own personal biases in that I don't think any team should trade up or even remotely draft Josh Allen in the first round. <laughs> but the teams that I can see doing it are like the Buffalo Bills and Maybe the Patriots if they want to groom somebody, but oh, no. I, they are. Don't say that. Teams. Don't say that, Jordan. Don't put <laughs> that so- out there in the world. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But they're they're teams that just don't have to trade up at all. They, like he'll be available by 12 and beyond. Hopefully, if the Browns are smart enough. I know. Fingers crossed. That's yeah, true. The RB one mock we had Josh Allen falling to number 15 at the Cardinals, and as the Cardinals GM at 15, I was extremely excited. Mm-hmm. Get kind of a raw QB prospect that the city wouldn't be calling for him to start early. We could let Sam Bradford go until he gets injured and then get him a couple of games, hopefully as kind of an extended Mitchell Trubisky-esque plan. But yeah, Pete, I can't take you on this one either. I don't think anybody's going to trade up for him. I mean, and if the Browns do pick him, they're taking him at like one overall. So right. I mean, so like we'll all help. We'll all help our overall record if we're right. But I just don't ears off of it. So what's the point? That's hogwash. They're not. (laughs) That's I was almost going to say that Josh Allen will fall out of the top 15. And then I remember the Cardinals are at 15 and I have a hard time thinking that if Josh Allen makes it all the way to 15, that the, that the Cardinals don't take him. So, uh, I'll take you on it. If you want to change it if, outside of the top 15, which I think is a real possibility. And by real possibility, I mean, I'm trying to make up ground. And I, I mean, I want to be right so that I can overtake the lead. Uh, I see what you're trying to do, Clark. Uh, no, I'm confident in this, even though I'm not earning any beers. Well, yeah, no, I'm not taking it. Um, all right. So Clark, give us your first, your first, uh, beer bet. Some of my favorite mock drafts that I've seen this year have come from, uh, our mock draft that we did a Ooh. week ago. You should definitely listen to that because it is how the draft is going to turn out. And then one of our fabulous writers over at faketeams.com, Patty Cooper also, participated in a mock draft and in each of these expert drafts we had four running backs going in the first round now that may be a little too ambitious for what happens in the nfl drafts but i'm willing to put it out there and say that we will see something surprising we will see at least three running backs drafted in the first round tomorrow night i'll take that bet i'll take that bet too i'll say i'll say no i'll take the under and go with two and I'm still even a little bit iffy if Darius Geis will even go on the first day. Damn it, Clark. This is this is this is a perfect bet to both improve your your total record and get beers. This is what I was trying to go for with Josh Allen, and I failed miserably. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, I think it's gonna be two. But I'm but hoping somebody gets desperate. You're it hoping someone gets desperate. And I mean, especially in that back end, like picks 20, whatever, 25 onwards down to 32 
like any of those guys could probably snag a, a running back or someone could trade up to get a running back. Um, like maybe Cleveland doesn't take Saquon at one or four, but then with their, you know, two first, second round picks pops back into the back end of the first to grab whomever take your pick. They pop back in there to grab Chib. I will throw this in there if this helps anybody's bets, but it was reported today that the Packers are considering moving up a few spots to probably draft one of those uh, blue chip defensive players. So that, I mean, that could push somebody back to the 14 slot and maybe, maybe they get the second running back around that position. If they feel like that's a little too high to pick somebody or um, it could affect the QB run. Who knows? Ah, I I think Clark is making a pretty a pretty wise bet here. Uh, well played, sir. Well played. Uh, Jordan, give us your first beer bet. Yes. Okay. So I have yes. gone through my degenerate gambling site, my bookie, um, and my my first bet's actually cool. It's a combination of both of your bets. Uh, the over under for total number of QBs drafted in the first round. Um, the favorite is under five and a half while the over is plus 160. But I'm taking the over on that because I think there's going to be six QBs taken in the first round of the draft. I'll, I'll take there's only five that go in the first round. Because you're then you're then thinking that like Mason Rudolph makes it into the first round. Yes, I'm thinking Mason Rudolph, like towards the back end of the draft, if somebody missed out on one of the top five, they could either trade back into the first round to grab one of their guys. Or if you're, I like Mason Rudolph, by the way, if you're like a New England Patriot sitting there in the back end with your second first round pick, you could be looking for a successor. Yeah, I'm going to say, I'm going to, I'm going to agree with Clark. I'm going to take you up on this, Jordan, and you guys will see why in a second, because it fits my narrative. It fits my narrative for this draft. Um, but yeah, I think only, I think only the, the top five guys will be taken uh, in the first round. I think Mason Rudolph and whoever this, whoever the other guy, there's one other dude who's kind of on Mason Rudolph's level, but I, I don't, I don't know his name off the top of my head. Um, will fall into the second or third round. That leaves me. That means that means it's me for my first round two. So round two, uh, my second bet. Okay, I rearranged mine so that I saved my more uh, my more ballsy bet for last because you know that's just called good podcasting. Uh, my second bet is the Eagles will trade out of the first round in order to get a second round pick this year because they do not have any seconds this year. Um, so not only will they trade out of the first. But in doing so, they will get be compensated with a second round this year. And that is their purpose of trading back. That sounds very smart. I like that. That sounds like something they should do. I mean, will they? If they if they need to collect another second round pick. And I think for the sake of narrative, that could also help my QB bet to get six QBs going in the first round. So I'm going to take that. And um, I agree with you. You agree with me, so you're I not, you're not going to take it. You agree. Well, I agree. The Eagles <laughs> are going to trade out of the first round. I like that, and it, you're right. It helps my narrative as well. Clark, you're my we only hope. If, if got to make this my, interesting, Pete. Yeah, if you might take the lead to no beers, are you doing it? To talk myself into this narrative, which is why <laughs> I am no good in Las Vegas. <laughs> I am now imagining a Teddy Bridgewater-esque trade. The Pats trade out of 31, drying up the market, 
and Philadelphia stands pat at 32 and they make their pick. So I will take you on it, Pete. I say the, I say the Eagles pick at 32. I like it. I like that. Um, and I know we don't have a, uh, I know this isn't a video podcast that you can't see this live, but I did enjoy while Jordan was talking, watching Clark really try to mull this over and being like, Oh, I, I want to do this for the good of the podcast, but also I think I might be owing beers. <laughs> I need to win this. It's like but me I, at the sports book. How can I talk myself into this bet that they're about to pull off the board because it's so dumb? That it's exactly going to happen. I know. I was going to feel – I'm glad you took it though, Clark, because I would have felt real dumb if I had – at two out of my three uh, beer bets resulted in no beers. That would have been upsetting. Yeah, but since I bailed you out, I can also say, Pete, step it up. Yes, that's true. This is true. Up, when you – right here, Clark, your second beer bet, you basically have a trump card to play. My next beer bet <laughs> is that the Cleveland Browns will pick three times in the first round and go into next year with an extra first round pick. Damn. How do they end up doing that? Magic. So they I'm- trade out of four to something like 11 at Miami for their first next year. And then they're packaging uh-huh. those two early seconds or maybe their first seconds and a later second to get back in at 31 or 32. I'll take you on that. I think, again, just like with the Eagles, it would make sense. Like, good job to the Browns for, for cultivating picks and collecting them. But I, I – yeah, I don't, I, don't know if the, I don't know if the Browns are going to trade out of four. I'm not convinced that that's happening. Around the NFL podcast, so I will just steal their uh, – I'll just steal their phrase here. Pete, that's how you hang some onions. That's a good bet. I like it. I like it. And I'm taking it. I'm taking this it. This is also how you race to the bottom to make sure that you <laughs> owe the most beers on the podcast. Well, I might help you out on that because I'm going to take it too. Um, with the Browns having the 33rd overall and 35th overall pick, I don't really see a need for them to trade up into the first round again. Um, unless, um, someone, uh, unless someone's fallen. There's they didn't need here. to draft Brandon Whedon either, but they did it. <laughs> <laughs> We're constructing narratives. It's all about building narratives for this draft. All right, Jordan, give us your second beer uh, beer bet. Oh, second beer bet. Um, going with a over-under again for Alabama players drafted in the first round. The over-under is at three and a half. Um, I'm going over. Well, essentially what that means... Can you even name four Bama players? That means Minka Fitzpatrick, Calvin Ridley, um, Rashawn Evans, and then I feel like that means Deron Payne. So you're basically just assuming Deshaun Payne or Deron Payne is is going in the first round, which which everyone has mocked. So that's that's not like a, a huge leap of faith. It's not a huge leap of faith, but I, I'm just taking the over because I feel like people are going to draft Alabama players for the sake that they went to Alabama mostly. How many running backs they got coming out in this draft? <laughs> I think just the one. Oh, just, 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 just the ah, big bow. Oh, well, in that case, screw them. <laughs> All 
I am not going to take you on this, Jordan, because I now that now that you've listed, because I couldn't r- rattle four Bama players off the top of my head, but now that you've listed them, uh, I could see all four of those guys going in the first round. So I'm taking it. I am not taking it. Excuse it's me. it's <laughs> like the top three, of course, that are probably going to go in the top right. fifteen, and then you got to hope Deron Payne is going to go in the back. You're just going to it's going to keep getting down lower in the first round, and you're just going to be sweating bullets, hoping and somebody's going to trade back into the first round to get him. There it is. It'll be the Browns. Come on. Where's the where's, where's the response? The where's the spirit? Where's the fun? That's a four guys from one school. I know it's Alabama, but that's a I mean, you're putting yourself out there, Jordan. I can't let you I can't let you just hang out there like that. I'll take it. Only three Alabama players get drafted in the first round. Boom. I'll take you on it. Hey, Clark sometimes is, you gotta throw a gimme to parlay with a more difficult bet. This is this is in Clark's perfect narrative. What happens is Deron Payne is sitting there, and the Browns trade back into the first round so that they pick three times in the first and don't take Deron Payne so that he falls into the second round. That's I'm gonna interrupt the show. Perfect. Are y'all gonna draft. go somewhere and watch the draft? Like I'm going out to watch the draft. That's how excited I am. I'm just watching it at home, but I'm going to be so hyped for it. Yeah, I'll probably just watch it at home and get a little toasty. Oh, I'm going to get real toasty. Well, I'll be tweeting live on location at Plucker's Wing Bar. Yes! That's uh, that's going to be fun for me. Sounds good. I think and I should I'm, get some wings tomorrow, I'm, too. I'm, I am going to probably watch Clark's Twitter feed more than I will watch the actual draft. As I descend into <laughs> inappropriateness at about 16. <laughs> oh, perfect. There's, there's your newest beer bet over under. At what pick does Clark's Twitter feed become just wildly inappropriate? When, like, what pick do I stop? Because after I fire one off and I'm like, oh, shit. You're like, oh, no. Oh, the four people that no. follow me are not going to like that. <laughs> um, all right. Last round of beer bets. <clears throat> this is my this is to steal to steal Clark stealing from the uh, uh, around the NFL podcast. This is my onion hanger. Um, not only. Will the Patriots select a quarterback in the first round? But the Patriots will select Lamar Jackson. It's it's happening. All the signs have pointed to it. There have been just too many tweets that have been fired off. Too many reports coming out recently that the Patriots have had Lamar Jackson in for extra uh, extra meetings. Uh, they've worked him out multiple times. I just think I think the writing's on the wall. People are talking about how the Patriots could move up in this draft. I think the Patriots are going to be aggressive to go get Lamar. Uh, and send a message to Brady that, hey, if you're mulling over retirement, we now have a replacement, so you do what you want to do. We're all set. I'm going to say no because I just – I got to believe the football gods wouldn't do that to me. Uh, Lamar Jackson's got to go into a different situation where I can actually actively root <laughs> for him. So I'm going to say no. <laughs> so as fantasy fans, we all know that trying to predict what the Patriots are going to do Ever like even if Tom Brady is going to start, it's questionable sometimes <laughs> because he always has a hand injury that they're not That's reporting, true. and then you see that he, like someone went at him with a machete and it actually looks terrible, and then he plays. We never have any idea what the Patriots are going to do. Bill Belichick seemingly loves messing with the media and with stupid fans and with people that write articles that end in question marks, and. It just makes so much sense for the Patriots to take him, even so to trade sense. up and take him. So much sense. <sighs> I'm yes. going to take you on it, Pete. Okay. Because it's just so specific that I have to take you the do. bet. 
but you do it begrudgingly. I would be zero surprised if we see something like if we see him trade up to Oakland at ten and they take Lamar Jackson. I think it could happen. Clark, give us your your final beer bet. I think to people that watch football and watch draft tape would think that this is the most unassuming prediction of this show. Mm-hmm. But for anybody that reads mock drafts and is just baffled by things breaking out the way that they are this year, this might seem bold. So I say the Giants pick Josh Rosen at number two. Yes. <laughs> I think right? that like they have to, right? So I was just looking at quarterback odds and Josh Rosen is plus 2,200 to go for the first overall pick. And that means that Darnold, Josh Allen, and Saquon Barkley are ahead of him for the odds to go at first overall, which immediately affects going second overall. And I think Josh Rosen is one of the more complete QBs in the draft. Like, New York should definitely take a shot at him. I like the way he handles himself. He has a little bit of an injury worry, but guess what? He's not at UCLA anymore. He's going to be a professional football player in the National Football League. And I, I feel like we've talked about this a million times over, is that when you're playing at the possible highest level, you're going to have access to the highest level of trainers, of uh, nutritionists, things like that. So I don't feel like, an injury history will be that big of a deal, especially if they're they've just been small, minor ticky tack injuries. Um, yeah, I, I think the Giants should absolutely select Rosen if he's there at two. Clark, I'm gonna do exactly what you did with my pick. I'm going to begrudgingly take you on this because I gotta play the field, but I agree with you that I think the Gi- I think Josh Rosen is the easy pick for the Giants, but. There's a real part of me that thinks that the Giants are thinking Eli's got a couple more years and that they don't need to take a quarterback right now. That what would be better is either to take Bradley Chubb or Saquon Barkley or trade back to get more or even, you know, maybe trade back and then try to try to get another quarterback to develop. Maybe Josh Allen. Um, <clears throat> so I'm gonna, I'll take you on this, uh, though. I, I don't necessarily agree with the outcome that I am voicing for i guess and for posterity's sake jordan you said they should take him at two and we all know that but are you saying that they're going to take him at number two yes i think they are and i think this ultimately helps my narrative too of six qbs being drafted (laughs) like just Start the run early. The first three picks are going to be quarterbacks, and that leaves three other viable options for the remaining 29 picks. People are going to be fighting. Um, Excellent. I'm glad it all plays into the narrative. Uh, Jordan, your final pick, your final beer bet uh, for the 2018 NFL draft. Um, My final one I don't think is very sexy, but it might cause a little bit of debate based on how our mock draft went. Um. I think Calvin Ridley is going to be the first wide receiver taken in the draft. Um, I know there's been a lot of debate lately about DJ Moore or um, Cortland Sutton now that like the Cowboys have gotten rid of Des Bryant. So there's been some talk around like the 19-ish range, the late teens, early 20s about the receivers starting to go off the board. But I think Calvin Ridley is going to go a little bit earlier than that. Like I said before, he's 
an excellent route runner. I think he's the most complete receiver that's just ready to go in the NFL. And he's got a little, got a little Marvin Harrison in him. And I think teams would be very lucky to pick him up. I'm taking you up on that because now that the Ravens are a little more flush to the receiver position, I don't know if they're necessarily going to need to take someone. And the first guy on my list, the first team on my list who needs to take a wide receiver is Dallas. And after the mock and just like doing my research, whether or not Dallas actually does this, I just think DJ Moore is a much better fit in Dallas and what Dallas is probably looking to do with Dak Prescott than Calvin Ridley. I feel like this is the situation where some a wide receiver is taken ahead of Calvin Ridley and then everyone in the future is like, why did that happen? Like John Ross was taken ahead of what Mike Williams and Corey Davis last year. Like, how did that happen? But it did happen. So did any of, call that a push did any so of those play? <laughs> yeah, none of them played. But point being, a lot of teams, you're right, they've already settled their scores at wide receiver position in free agency. So we might be looking at a late round pick like the Cowboys for um, for some of that receiver action. I'm glad Pete took it because I just can't. Calvin Ridley has been riding as the number one wide receiver all offseason until just recently. And I'm a little suspect of these big swings right near the end of the draft approaching. So, yeah, I I think Calvin Ridley is the best prospect just because he's the easiest prospect. Mm -hmm. He may not turn out to be the best wide receiver in this class, but I think he gets picked first. So I'm not going to be able to take you on that, Jordan. There you go. Well. There are nine, well, 10 really, because we had the group beer bet. 10 beer bets for you heading into the NFL draft. Um, so you're welcome, everyone. Follow along with that. We'll be tweeting and, and discussing. And Clark clearly is going to be live tweeting everything. So I'm sure he'll be giving his updates as to whether or not how many running backs have been taken, how many quarterbacks have been taken, if the Browns have three picks um, in the in the first round. Um if the Browns have three picks, I'll be tweeting out how much my Uber costs to get home. <laughs> there will be celebration. There will be there will be a giant fiesta. Makers Mark Clark. That's right. Uh, that's right. It's 28 to 32, one night only. <laughs> we'll get him on the podcast. Uh, but hopefully, ultimately, the biggest bet that we can all place is that this draft lives up to the hype because this is the last draft that I can think of in recent memory that has been with as much hype leading into it, as much uncertainty, as much excitement, um, and just pure chaos could descend upon this draft as soon as the second pick overall, which is, or as soon as the first. If Josh Allen goes number one, all, chaos, all hell breaks loose, and this draft is just is just the lost cause. So personally, I am, exci- I am hoping for this to just be a general hodgepodge of chaos. Yeah, I think the the top half of the first round will be excellent. Personally, now that it's a three-day affair, my favorite uh, day of the draft is Friday. But I'm excited to get going with the top half because my Packers, they pick at 14. They haven't picked this high since like 2009. I'm ready. Finally, they get to do something. Exactly. Um, And as we all know, as Clark as well, I'm sure, remind us, um, don't forget, everyone, that at the fourth pick in the NFL draft, the Houston Texans select Deshaun Watson's ACL. So, there you go. Yeah, and for all those poor Chiefs fans that will be drinking with me, you also get the second half of Pat Mahomes. So suck it, Cleveland. You know they're going to blow their pick. It's be so great. 
Josh, Josh Allen. First Josh Allen. First overall. It's happening. Um, there you go, everyone. Uh, we will be back at you next week, I do believe. Um, and so I'm sure we'll be discussing what will be hopefully an insane draft. Um, and if it's not insane, then I'm sure we'll give it plenty of shit for not being insane. Um, make sure to subscribe. We are on iTunes and Stitcher. Follow us on Twitter at RB1 Podcast. Follow myself at PM Rogers. Follow Clark at NFL Clark. And of course, Jordan at Jordan underscore Smith 27. And we will be back in your beautiful Leo drums next week. And until then, uh, enjoy the most chaotic draft that we could possibly hope to imagine. Peace!